Blog Talk Radio. Day. 
Yeah, I got fired <laughs> from my karaoke job at the watering hole. I did. What um, happened? Why? What happened? I've been fired from jobs. Um, not recently, but mm-hmm. I have been. This was a bit of a shocker. Um, <laughs> but it's fine because you know what? I don't have to listen to people sing Journey anymore. So, silver lining. Silver Wait, but lining. why? Why did they tell you why they fired you? Why would they fire? The, it was um, your thing. You started Kenioki. I am Kenioki, and um, yeah. I should really have a trademark. Um, I, I my my boss in the watering hole just called me one day, and she was like, "You can't be a host at the watering hole anymore." And I was, I remember I was sitting on my couch, and you know, when you live by yourself, sometimes you just don't put pants on. So I was sitting there without pants and <laughs> eating, eating some ramen and just completely taken off guard. And, you know, I was like, w- why? And she said, well, <laughs> um, we've been getting complaints that you have a bad attitude. And I was like, well, this is the first I'm hearing about it. Like, if I'm getting complaints, why didn't you say anything to me? And then she went off on this list of things about how her dad thinks I suck. I don't know. <laughs> She's like, my dad thinks you suck. Everybody thinks you suck. The staff she said it in those suck. words, my dad thinks you yeah, suck. Yeah, like something about, like, I suck or, like, things about me suck or, like, uh-huh. I don't know. So I was like, I, and I didn't even really have any time to respond. I was so shocked because um, I worked there for a while, like almost two years. Like I was literally yeah. out of left field. I literally out of left field. I had no idea. So I tried um tried out hosting a couple other places, and I was just like, you know, I think it's time to hang up the mic for a little bit. I might need a little break from the karaoke okay, so time. You, now you're now you're babysitting. I'm babysitting, and then I'm doing the photography thing, and I'm still. I just did rockers on Broadway at the new cutting room. Um, you know, I'm singing some back up with a uh, couple people, things like that. So, well, there but, you go. Yeah, and by the way, I, it was your atti- your attitude um, is what made Nights at the Watering Hole fun. You know, see, that's the I thing. enjoyed like, that. If you think I'm the, if I'm if you really think I'm a bitch, because you don't think I'm funny. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's you don't think that it's funny when I say things right. like that was bad. You know, <laughs> I think we uh, we actually um, have a caller. Let me see what's going on. Here. Yeah. Uh, eight four seven. What's your name? Where are you checking in from? Yeah. Hey, this is uh, Jay Fry. Calling Jay from Fry. Reddington. Well, Jay Fry. Calling from what? Reddington, Mass. Hi. <laughs> hey. Uh, how are you? Good. I wanted to place my order. <laughs> place your. Okay. What What can we get for you? Yeah. Let me get the Hawaiian. And can I get some fried pickles on top of that? And hey, oh. do you have any of that? Uh, you have any of that habanero, habanero hot sauce? Michelle, do we still have habanero hot sauce? Um, you know what? I think we have some in the cooler. All right. Well, <laughs> if you could toss some of that, I'll take a large. <laughs> okay. So, what's your address in Reddington, Massachusetts? Is that even a real town? That's, yeah, that's a, that's a real town. All right, what's, what's your address? <laughs> You're insulting the the legitimate the legitimacy of my town. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I just I'm sorry, I just never heard of it before. So okay, so you know we're uh, it, it's going to be a little tough because we're in New York, but we'll we'll get you your delivery order as soon as we can. Um, okay, I'll so you get a Hawaiian now. pizza with uh, some habanero sauce and what'd you say, fried pickles on it? Pickles, fried pickles. Yeah, you want the pickles? Do you want the fried, the party? Fried pickles are the clincher, folks. 
fried. Do you want do you want the fried pickles? Do you want the party order or just the appetizer size? <laughs> do, you have, do you have anything in between that? It sounds like pretty crazy extremes. Um, I mean, we could do like a double appetizer size. <laughs> like a medium. Yeah, let's we can, we can probably do that. We'll do a little upcharge for you. That's okay. Double appetizer. Don't you guys say right. when people say we don't have uh, we don't have small, we have medium and large? <laughs> Ridiculous. Well, wouldn't the medium just be small? Uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Anyway, right. okay, when, what's your name, sir? Jay Fry? Jay Fry. Jay Wait. Fry, we'll get that piece out to you in Reddington. Uh, what street do you live on? I live uh, on on, uh, on Park Place. Park, Park Place. Place. Um, that's interesting. That's, that's the name of a <laughs> restaurant that I think I went to the other day. Um, so let's <laughs> buy a Monopoly board. Uh Wait a second. Do do we have uh, Michelle? Make sure with the habanero sauce is going to get very messy. Make sure that there's a lot of um, napkins. Oh, napkins! I, I'll pop, pop up some paper towels. Some paper towels in there. And do oh, you guys why? Have you're going to sleep already? Do you guys have any uh, have any fresca? Fresca. Uh, I don't think so, but we have some shock chakra. What do you call it, sir? Shock. What is that? Shasta. We have some shasta. Okay, because if you have fresca. I will take all the fresca you have. We got no fresca, just sauce. Can, will sauce if you can produce, if you can produce fresca, I'm telling you, it'll be a great deal for you. I will buy. What will all you the give? You have. What will you give us in return for some fresca? I'm gonna give you money. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> what kind of what kind of business is this? Okay. What sort of okay. deal were you thinking about? I don't know, maybe since it's not the normal soda, maybe we could charge you an extra change. couple bucks. What do you mean hmm? is not the normal soda? Fresh is the normal soda. No, but it's not our normal, you know? Who's, who's you? Who are you talking about our normal? <laughs> you okay. don't drink Fresca? It's, it's refreshing. It's the grapefruit soda. You know, we're, we only have the Shasta here, but we'll look, we'll look for the Fresca, some habanero sauce uh, on a Hawaiian-style pizza with the medium order of the fried pickles. Right? Is that it? That's it. That's it. Side okay, of, cool. And side of, and as long as Kenny's going to give me a side of paper towels, we're all set. Yeah, I got paper towels. <laughs> all right. Sounds good. All right, sir. Go uh, Jay Fry, Remington, Massachusetts, Park Place. We'll be there in like three hours. Okay. Sounds like a plan. I shall be waiting. Plenty of friends. All right. All right. Thanks for the call. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Thanks, Bye-bye. Jay Fry, Zach. Bye-bye. <laughs> um... All right. Well, uh, you know, that Michelle, was I just, that was very interesting. I I don't know what, why people keep calling here and ordering pizzas. I don't know either. It's very strange. <laughs> All right. Well, we got to move on. So, um, okay. our fir- our first guest is a singer songwriter from uh, who's currently based out of Long Island, New York. Please hey. welcome the man that email bombs more than the Obama campaign, Dan Reardon. <laughs> Hey guys, how are you? Hey, welcome. Sir, how are Dan. you? Doing very well. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Oh so, uh, you're you're on Long Island. Were you uh, uh, you got you got hit hard by the storm out there, huh? Oh yeah, we got hit real hard. Um, I'm actually on the, on the north shore of Long Island, and I'm right near. I'm in one of those water towns, so I'm right by the um, the Long Island Sound. 
Oh man. So uh, I'm guessing no power for a while. It, it was. Are you okay now? Is everything all right? Uh, back yeah. to normal now? Thankfully, we're back to normal now. We've had some kind of some sense of normalcy at this point. But yeah, we were without power for about nine days or so. Jeez, man. Yeah, it was pretty wow. hectic. And uh, just as an aside, by the way, I'm not. I'm pretty sure I jumped in at the wrong time of that prior conversation. But I also do like habanero sauce and pickles. <laughs> what about? Do you, do you like them together or separately? <laughs> um, you know what? I'm probably gonna have to go with separately on that, but you yeah. know, who knows? <laughs> and Dan, do you do you prefer paper towels or napkins with your with your habanero pizza Hawaiian sauce? Um, you know what? I'm gonna have to go when I'm when I'm using hot sauce. I'm gonna have to go with paper towels. Ah, <laughs> paper towels. Going to bed. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so Dan, let's let's get down to some business here. I I have a bad feeling about this interview, and I'll tell you why. I have a bad feeling because I don't think that we'll be able to cover uh, as much ground as I would like to, but I want to break down uh, some things regarding your your bio uh, piece by piece here. Now, uh, first off, what's what's with all the email and Facebook blasts? Whose presidential campaign are you fixing to run? (laughs) Say that again. Are you uh, can you can you say that again in terms of uh, the Facebook blasts? Yeah, so so I get a lot of Facebook blasts, email blasts from you. Why is this? Are you fixing to go into presidential politics? Oh my God, no! <laughs> please, I'm trying to stay away from politics. I really am. It's just it's just it's shameless self promotion. <laughs> you you and MoveOn.org. <laughs> I get yeah, nine emails from them a day. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now Dan, when you go to your cyber PR page, uh, you find at the top of the page you find three ridiculous quotes right at the top. And they read as follows. Um, first one is, vocals kill. Core progressions are tight. That's an iTunes review. Um, <laughs> and then the next one is, your voice sounds like a girl grabber, if you know what I mean. Also an <laughs> iTunes review. And then, your writing is unique, Danny, and it just so happens you have a set of pipes. Bonus! Five exclamation points. Also you know an what? iTunes review. Ryan, uh, mm-hmm. I promise I did not pay anybody to solicit those uh, comments. <laughs> well, that's abundantly clear. So let's start with the first one. Bo- vocals kill, chord progressions are tight. Now, this sounds like it was written by a 13-year-old boy who's been waxing his carrot too much to coherently form a sentence. You don't know who wrote this? No, I really don't, to be honest. <laughs> okay. Now, the next one, your voice sounds like a girl grabber, if you know what I mean. And now this sounds like you got a tablet of roof and all, and Mariska Hargitay is about to handcuff you at a slumber party. Who wrote this, and why has the police not seized your computer? <laughs> Ryan, I got to be honest, I really don't know who wrote those comments. <laughs> okay, I'm not just Last saying this one. to cover my butt. <laughs> <laughs> and this is the wor- this is the worst quote of all. Your writing is unique, Danny, and it just ha- so happens you have a set of pipes, bonus with five exclamation points. Now, it sounds like the girl that you gave the roof and all to is the one who wrote this as you were seducing her to trust you. Uh, and you don't know who wrote that one either, right? No, but um, I'll tell you one thing. No one really calls me Danny except my family members, and they sure as heck didn't write that. So. <laughs> well, let me think. All these just say iTunes review. I find it odd that there's no actual person there, you, you know, that there, you couldn't pay off somebody. I would I would pay off somebody if I were you. So let me give you a quote now, uh, and you can quote me saying, uh, if I were a 13-year-old boy listening to music while fiddling in the bathroom whose soul was possessed by a high school girl with daddy issues, then Dan Reardon is the music that I want penetrating my ears. <laughs> well, that's, uh, I think I appreciate that in a weird way. 
in a weird okay. way. I'll take that well, I'm, as a compliment. <laughs> I'm glad we got beyond that. We actually have a uh, a caller who I think wants to talk to you, Dan. Do you know sure. about this? I don't know. About no, see. I don't. All right. Uh, 516, what's your name? Where are you checking in from? Um, I'm from New York. How are you? Yeah. <laughs> What, and um, I would like to ask him, what is the Spanish homework for tonight? <laughs> I did not put my kids up to this either. Oh, by the way, Ryan, I'm a Spanish teacher by day, so. Oh, dear. Oh, you are? <laughs> so, That's fun. Yeah. Um, yeah well, so what is the Spanish him, homework? We'll have to tell him to uh, phone a friend and, and check, out, uh, check out the website. But for now, probably 1.4 in the workbook. <laughs> All right, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> all right, thank you. Um, thank you. Bye. All right. That's amazing. <laughs> so speaking of Spanish, right. uh, Dan, you're you're you you have a an album. Um, did you you recorded an album in Spanish, right? So you, I, I guess you're a fluent Spanish speaker. Yes. Um, I actually, when I was in a band a while back, we did a record in Spanish. Yes. Wow. Wow. So um, that's fun. So, um, do you did you learn Spanish in school, or do you have people in your family who speak Spanish? You know, I I do actually do not have Hispanic descent. I just uh, you know studied real hard, and I I think I kind of had a uh, um, natural languages. Some yeah, a pretty really strong connection to to language and music. You know, I'm a strong auditory learner. Cool. Yeah. And do you do you teach at public school or? I do. Yeah, school? I teach at the public school. Public school. Man, what grade? No. This year I have um, t- seventh grade and tenth grade. Oh wow! So that's a like hardcore Spanish. Yes. <laughs> it's like if I had known, <laughs> if I had known that your students were listening, then I would have completely revised the top of the interview. <laughs> oh yeah, you and you and me uh, both. That was a nice little uh, curveball, right? <laughs> uh, apologies to all the, the seventh and tenth graders. So um, Dan, you okay? So it, I read that you juggle four non-exclusive publishing deals. Uh, yeah. What's with that? Do you have a fear of commitment? So, so basically, um, you know, a lot of the songs, I pretty much write all my own music, and, and obviously, you know, I, I put those songs on a record for my own purpose as an artist, but at the same time, I'm trying to get those songs uh, placed, you know, for TV and film, because um, I do think they do they have some commercial value. So... Um, yeah, these these publishing deals they're non-exclusive, which means they're they're multi-year deals, but they're um, you know basically they're non-exclusive in the sense that I can pretty much sign with as many companies that would be willing to kind of pitch my music for for song for excuse me pitch my songs for uh, TV and film. So um, there's no stringent agreement, so to speak, but it does give me the opportunity to to get my music out there and in different mediums and outlets. So that's a good thing. Sounds good. Uh, Dan, your bio says that you grew up a Dave Matthews band fanatic. Correct. Uh, where, where I'm from, this type of person was commonly referred to as, as a bro douche or uh, <laughs> douche bros. Oh, man, that's hard. There's a kind of <laughs> flip-flop wearing, shorts wearing, backwards baseball cap donning, bro douches. That, and Did you hang out? The baseball what? hat has Michelle? to be white. The baseball hat. Have you noticed this? Like Dave Matthews fans, they always have like white baseball hats, and they're always on backwards. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Now, uh, Dan, did you hang out with a lot of bro douches or douche bros? And what's the difference between a bro douche and a douche bro? I'm going to have to go with no on that one. <laughs> I did not hang out with either. Um, uh-huh. I wouldn't be able to distinguish the difference uh, either, to tell you the difference between the two. Um, I would say, oh, gosh, this is so hard to keep this PG-13 here. Um, <laughs> I didn't know that that was a rule. <laughs> I know. Who made up that rule? Well, neither did I. Um, <laughs> God, I don't know. I guess, how, how, what would your <laughs> definition of uh, a bro douche be? Well, well, let's let's actually let me seriously ask you that. Uh, so he, Dave Matthews Band, uh, and with all due respect, uh, I, I I saw him several times when I was growing up, and always, you know, I was never a huge fan. Okay. Um, like uh, I, I was never like I wouldn't go and buy all the albums, but I would really enjoy his live performances, the band's live performances. So uh, talk a little bit about, about uh, Dave Matthews' influence on your music. Sure, sure. Um, well, you know what. He's the type of, and I, and I got to be honest, he's he's the type of artist where what I've noticed is you either love or you hate him. There's it's it's hard to find a middle ground. Um, I noticed that there's like a lot of diehard, uh, you know, bro douches as you would say, um, <laughs> or fanatics. And then there's others that they that just can't stand him. They just you know they think his voice is uh, annoying, and you know that his all his songs sound the same. Which by the way. You know, almost every artist, you know, has a unique sound. So people that say that are just ignorant. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, it, it, I agree. It, it's a, it's an artist's sound that the, that you know breaks them. That's their authenticity and their unique factor is what you know a lot of times breaks them in the industry. So I think that that's just a totally invalid statement. But um, mm-hmm. you know, I just you know he really is. Uh, in my opinion, a very good songwriter. He's he's a brilliant guy. He's very worldly, very smart guy, and I think that's kind of reflected in his lyrics. And also, I think he's a very good guitar player. To be honest, I think he's um, largely underrated as a guitar player. Um, you know, you would never throw him in the mix of like one of the greatest guitarists. Um, Right. You know, he doesn't do any anything earth-shattering in terms of, you know, killer solos or any Eddie Van Halen stuff, but that's not really his niche, you know what I mean? Um, I, I think that he is unique in the way he picks up the acoustic guitar and, and he formulates those chords and he uses a lot of triads. And I just really uh, identified with his, um, the way he was able to kind of pick up the acoustic guitar and, and develop his own sound, you know? Um, so How many Dave concerts have you been to? Um, sheesh, in a lifetime, I would say probably about twenty or so. Jeez. Wow. Which you is know, a lot. Yeah, that's like. I mean, I've been to like five. Well, five Ben Fold concerts, and I thought I was like, yeah, I've been <laughs> hardcore, but I am not. I started losing count of how many Counting Crows concerts that I've been to. Michelle uh, will, you know, she uh. she hates them. But I, yeah, I can't. I can't Counting Crows to me is 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 Dave to you, I think. And um, I I've been to like yeah, I think I've been to like 15 or so concerts, but I, I I've lost count. Um, I love them so much. I um I gotta throw my own spin on on this, Ryan. Not to bash Counting yeah. Crows. Uh huh. Um, <laughs> here. You know, I gotta be honest. I Adam Duritz is a great songwriter, and um, I really enjoyed their a lot of their studio stuff, but. I saw them play, gosh, I don't even know how long ago, maybe three or four years ago, they they actually were the headlining band, and Goo Goo Dolls opened for them, 
And it was when Goo Goo Dolls released their uh, record, Let Love In. And mm-hmm. they totally killed it. I mean, I saw them play at Jones Beach, and Counting Crows was very disappointing. And, I, and it wasn't because of the band. It was, you know, Adam Duritz, I think, was at a point in his life where he kind of totally let himself go. And he was, mm-hmm. every other th- every other word out of his mouth was political, and you got to do this, you got to do that. And it just, it really rubbed me the wrong way. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and it's a shame how, like, one live performance can do that. But I, I do, I, I have to admit that I do think he is a good uh, songwriter, and I, d- I still do listen to a lot of the studio records that they that they put out. If I were you, Dan, I would give it another records? shot. I would, they do still put out records, damn it. But I, I would give it, I, I would give it another shot live, man. Uh, um, but, uh, uh, yeah, I, I know what you're saying. He has, um, you're probably talking about, he, he was probably really overweight at the time. He was, yeah, yeah. yeah was that, he jumping he around a, a lot? <laughs> he, but that is his yeah. want, W-O-N-T. Um, but he has a weird dissociative disorder where uh, I think when he was, like, at the his peak uh, weight-wise, um, I think that's when he was, like, really messed up on, like, a lot of medications and all that stuff. So, if I were you, I would give it one more shot live. Um, but uh, it's up to you, of course. Let's but only if the ticket was it. free. <laughs> I don't think nope. I'd even turn down the ticket if it was free. I think I still would go. <laughs> is so racist, Michelle. Let's move on. Um, <laughs> this is coming from a guy who just spent 70 bucks to see him at Roseland, and they were amazing. Well, okay. Uh, um, Okay, so your band, um, Southside, uh, Dan, uh, was pretty successful. You guys opened for Berlin and Days of the New. That's impressive. Can you remind me who those bands are? Yeah, sure. Um, they were actually real big in, in the 80s, and um, Berlin had that one-hit song, uh, Take My Breath Away, which I believe was on the Top Gun soundtrack. Oh, uh, Michelle, yes, that's it was. It's song. amazing. Um Amazing, amazing dance. 80s movie, by the way. Yeah, song. that was really the song that... I mean, they had a couple other singles. I can't remember off the top of my head, but that was the one that broke them. And um, the Tubes had some success as well. They had... Their big, big single was um, a song called She's a Beauty. Mm-hmm. You know, and, uh, you know, it said something like, She's one in a million, girl. And that was... You know, it was, it was a pretty big song. I don't know how it where it ranked on the charts, but uh, that was... You know the one single that broke them as well as an artist. Hmm. No, so yeah, um, mm-hmm. I opened actually for both of them at this venue called the Downtown in Farmingdale, which was a major. Oh, uh, my friend lives in Farmingdale. It was a major music venue at the time. It actually since closed down, but um, one of the owners of the Downtown was uh, part owner of Sam Ash, one of the music stores. So they yeah, yeah. they were able to bring in, like, all the state-of-the-art audio equipment, and, you know, they had a really good, um, a killer sound system, and it was just a really fun venue to play. So a lot of the big big bands and, and uh, big artists, you know, coming around the Long Island area, they would, you know, almost undoubtedly book a show there because that was one of the major venues at the time. And, uh... You guys, I read that one of your career highlights uh, was playing a benefit for 20,000 people at the Carrier Dome at Syracuse University. Yeah. Uh, yes. And Michelle and I went there, um, and uh, we know firsthand that the Carrier Dome seats not 20,000, but 50,000. So what gives? It's yeah. weird. <laughs> well, you know what? It was a... Um... Well, it's probably, you prob- the, the stage is probably set up with it like, 
toward the end, or was it? Yeah, you know what? I think it was it was set up in the middle of um, of the field. Yeah. It was a oh, okay. A habitat? No, um, it was a relay for life benefit. Um, and I think obviously the school sponsored it, and you know they had a couple other bands um, play. And what they, year was this? Oh God, this was. Um, let me think about this. Probably I want to say um, around 2007, 2008, maybe. Okay, we Thank were you. long gone who, by then. <laughs> who um, were the other band? It, who were the other old. band? Oh, I actually, to be honest with you, I don't even remember. <laughs> they were they were yeah. not, uh, I'll tell you, they weren't anybody major because I would have remembered right. them. But um, I don't even know how the how we got the opportunity. I think our manager at the time somehow scored it for us. And it was just a, it was an amazing experience just to play in front of that many people and, you know, yeah, that's in that big of a venue, a you know. Thing. It was a really, really killer rush, you know. I can't even Definitely. imagine. I sang the national um, anthem. Only as an audition there, so that's about it. That's cool, though. In front of how many people? No, in front of, like, 20. <laughs> 20, <laughs> 20 people. people. Ginormous. But it was great. Multiply the acoustics were awesome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, Dan, let's talk a little bit about your, your new uh, EP, and I want to play a track from that before we have to go. Sure. Um, it, it is, uh, can you hear me now? Uh, did you get the title from those Verizon commercials? You know what's so funny? <laughs> I did not. I did that's not. That's the first Actually, thing I thought. I looked you up, Dan, and I was like, oh, that's like the thing. Although, yeah, <laughs> it might have been a good idea to, uh, marketing-wise, to tie it to Verizon, but I didn't. I know. <laughs> wasn't that clever. Um, <laughs> you know what? It was just basically my way of kind of expressing my thoughts on the record and the music. I, f I felt really proud about this record, and, uh, you know, it was a lot different experience than when I was in the band because, you know, that was a more of a collaborative uh, piece where I was kind of like the lead guitarist. And, um, you know, the lead singer, he wrote all the lyrics, and, you know, so I would do the background vocals. And I always felt kind of restricted, you know. I wanted to always do my own thing and, and kind of, I wanted to sing my own lyrics, you know, and, and kind of go that extra step and where the music was fully reflective of how I felt and my experiences and stuff like that. So that was kind of the reasoning behind the album title. I just kind of felt like, you know, this was uh, fully a reflection of my work and my feelings and experiences, and I kind of just thought it would be fitting, you know. Um, so that that was the reason for the for the title. Gotcha. And is there like a uh, concept? Uh, I read that it, it was largely uh, about a uh, relationship. Yeah, you know what? It's it's funny because the record actually kind of takes you through. Um, it's a little story in itself. Um, you know, if you pay attention to the the tone of the songs, there's actually, you know, different stages where you know, if you take a song like Home, it's it's upbeat and, a, and it's a feeling of, you know, uh, a euphoric feeling and kind of being on your own and just getting ready for the next big thing. And then there's a song like Seldom Sundays, which is kind of takes you to a kind of a sad kind of low place where you're feeling like alone and, and um, you know, it's kind of reflects like the, the bad parts of a breakup and, and feeling alone. So um, a lot of the record reflects my personal experiences. Um, I would say, 
Um, it's conceptually, it, it kind of takes you through a little story, like like I said, the highs and lows of, of a relationship, and basically just life in general, you know, the ups and downs. Yeah. So you got to write about what you know. Yeah, yeah absolutely. definitely. Uh, you just mentioned a couple songs of yours. Uh, which one do you want to break our listeners off with? we got four ready to go. Which which one would you say would be a good uh, end to this interview? Um, you know what? I would say I think Heaven's a feel-good song, and I think that would kind of be fitting because I just, uh, you know, I had just released the, the the official music video as well, so about a week ago. So, and it's oh, doing and where can people see that? That's good. Where can people go to see that uh, music video? Oh, I'm sorry, Ryan. It's uh. It's, you can go to my YouTube channel, which is, you know, YouTube.com, and then the username or the forward slash Dan Reardon Music. Um, cool. And it'll sh- it'll come right up. You know, it's the official music video for Heaven. Awesome. All right, hang on the line, Dan. Uh, we are going to play Heaven by Dan Reardon. Be right back with Dan and Michelle. Oh, y'all die. 
Awesome. Dan Reardon. Check him out, danreardonmusic.com. Uh, Dan, I, I read that um, you have worked with producer Adam Lawson, who has also worked with Panic at the Disco and Paramore. So why is it that in your photos I see no eyeliner or black nail polish? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That was uh, post. Uh, that was pre-singer songwriter days. So I think uh, I went from uh, the, the the jump in genre had something to do with the fact that uh, I no longer wear eyeliner. Although it is, uh, <laughs> I do wear it in very faint uh, amount. So, <laughs> but what's your uh, favorite you're... brand? That's that's uh, eyeliner. That's, and a tribute to my uh, to my affinity and my love for 80s rock and uh, Brett Michaels, you know. <laughs> oh, Brett Michaels. <laughs> love that. You know that Mich- Michelle Kinney, our co-host tonight, was responsible for that big boulder hitting Brett Michaels in the head of Tony. <laughs> Please don't say that. No, but, but I was at the Rock of Ages Tony Awards <laughs> party, and I witnessed that. Uh, alongside all the people who work on the show, and we will, there was a collective gasp in the room when that happened, yeah, uh, and then a collective laughter afterward. Yeah, I would have uh, joined in on the gasping if I were there. Um, that was that was traumatic for me. It was. Well, then, and I remember Poison was supposed to play later that night, and we all kept like sit, like sitting around waiting, and we we're like, oh wait, his face is broken. Poor, yeah, yeah, poor guy. By the way, he's been through more crap than. Uh... I know that is true. That is totally true. But, uh, no. Rock of Love bus, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, Rock of okay. Love. I mean, uh, <laughs> God, that was entertaining. Was it? Dan, I read, was. <laughs> I read in your, um, uh, I read in your bio that this this company, um, Round Hill Music, owns yeah. the rights to several Beatles and Backstreet Boys songs. Uh, I mean, was there nothing in between? You know, so could you get further? Listen, apart Ryan, didn't Beatles you want the good stuff? Boys? I mean, you you don't want me to tell you about uh, Andrea Bocelli, do you? I mean, come on. I figured Backstreet Boys was a little bit better, a little more trendy. Well, maybe ten years. Well, ago, but, yeah, I'm like um, trendy, maybe. Trendy, maybe. Ten years, like probably like Ninety-eight. Yeah. I feel like Backstreet Boys they were really big in ninety-eight. Oh, that's true. Yeah, we're <laughs> maybe fifteen. That's about right. Yeah. <laughs> Time goes by. I was by. chilling in tenth grade with that cassette in my uh, in my car. Yeah, it just occurred to me how old. Tell me why. Uh, um, so, let's now. Am I correct in this? Your your uh, album is going to be distributed by uh, Interscope. Is that right? Yeah. Well, yes, you're, you're correct, and it's um. But the thing is, it's it's digitally. Um, uh-huh. So basically, I'm under the that that stamp, so to speak, on as far as digital distribution. I actually, aside from you know Amazon physical CDs, there's the record is is not being physically distributed right now. So um, <laughs> it's tricky. The wording's tricky. I'm not signed by Interscope, um, so to speak, in terms of their record label, but I do have digital distribu- distribution through Interscope. Gotcha. Have you heard uh, Macklemore's new song, Jimmy Iovine? No. I would advise you don't. <laughs> okay. If, if you're working with them. Um, now, lastly, uh, you wrote every song, played every instrument, almost every in- instrument, and co-produced. You're quoted as saying this album uh, is you wearing many different hats. Right. What? Right. What is your favorite type of hat? Oh, that's a fantastic <laughs> question. Um, I'm actually... Believe it or not, I'm a big baseball cap guy, but we're not going to go down to that Dave Matthews <laughs> baseball cap. Do you wear them backwards, and are they white? Um, I right. do not wear it backwards. I wear it frontwards like it should be worn. And uh, Actually, to be honest, 
you know, every so often I go to down to Orlando and I and I check out the House of Blues. Um, I, I go to a couple shows there, and I also I go to the store. They have really cool hats. They're the designs are really cool, and they also have some cool uh, you know patterns and stuff. So I'm a big fan of those hats. Um, I don't really have too many sports caps at this point in my life. I used to be a huge sports fan. I still am a huge Giants fan, but um, yeah, Giants. I don't really go around wearing the caps at this point. <laughs> uh, what do you think about hipster fedoras? Say, I'm sorry, Ryan. Say that one more time. Sorry. What do you, What do you think about hipster fedoras? No, that's ain't right. nobody got time for that. Just no. <laughs> See, ain't nobody yeah, got time. That. I, I don't support I, that. Okay. <laughs> I, I enjoy those. What about trucker hats? Um, those are kind of entertaining. Those are kind of entertaining. But I would never oh. wear one. I just enjoy uh, seeing other people wear them. Well, I'm not going to lie. I, had, I used to rock a Von Dutch. Yeah, why are they not in style anymore? I enjoyed those. No good? Ashton, Ashton I'm sure in some parts it. of the country they are. Actually, <laughs> what, hats, what hats are in style now? Do you guys know? Um, You know what? I don't really know. I'm just I'm thankful to uh, still have a head of hair, so I don't really wear uh, caps too much. Oh. So. Low blow, sir. Low blow. <laughs> Listen, this is I'm sending you back from before, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, on that note, uh, check him out. Follow him on Twitter, Dan Reardon Music. Go to danreardonmusic.com and check out the uh, the new YouTube video for Heaven, Dan Reardon Music at YouTube. And um, anything else you want to plug before we go? I'm just uh, I'm just working on a new record right now, and uh, I'm looking forward to playing some more shows down in the uh, in the village in New York City. So stay tuned for those uh, tour dates, those show dates. And uh, you know, I thank you guys very much for having me on the show. Thank you, Anytime. sir. Take care. Have a good night. All right. Take care, man. Bye-bye. And Reardon. Uh, all nice, right. Uh, what a nice young man. What a what a nice young man. Aside from he seems lovely. That last little dig there, nice, nice young man. Otherwise, um, good sport too, because he took all those those Dave Matthews comments in stride. That is uh, true. That is true. Michelle, let's talk about Chris Brown for a second. Oh my God, let's talk about it. Um. So now, yesterday, uh, there's a uh, what the hell is this woman's name? Um, Jenny, yesterday, Jenny Johnson. Yeah, Jenny Johnson, who is like a comedian I her. She's and very funny. Okay. So she would do what you do. She would tweet uh, Chris Brown, like, oh, yeah. saying Chris Brown derogatory things. <laughs> so, I tweet things now, to him all the time. Do you feel a little slighted that people didn't um, uh, didn't go after you more? or I think I got a fair amount of backlash. There was one, I mean, I mm-hmm. used to do it all the time. Right. No one seemed to notice, and then was it just any time he tweeted, you would tweet back at him? Yeah, like one time he said, um, "I will only accept greatness." Like that was a tweet he wrote, and I, you know, I tweeted back, "Or else what? Will you punch me in the face?" <laughs> and, <laughs> and then what happened? And then uh, nothing would happen. You know, like those, those kinds of things I would do all the time, and then. One time he wrote something, I think it was around the time, there was an award show. I don't know if it was the Grammys or if it was before that. I'm not I'm not exactly sure. But he had said something really douchey backstage to some girl. Like, I don't, 
and I I think I wrote something that I thought he was like a shithead or something like that. And then Team Breezy went after me. Like they went after me, like several of them. And they were calling me a bitch and then they were misspelling everything and just the grammar was just out the window. And uh-huh. I like and I couldn't even believe that it was happening. Because it was so mm-hmm. ridiculous. And the fact that these women or girls, I mean because most of them are are girls, um, will defend him. And in mm-hmm. fact, I, you know, I know that during this whole Rihanna thing, some of them were tweeting things like, uh, "Chris Brown can beat me any day." <laughs> oh my like, god! You didn't know? Yeah, it was. I mean, heinous. Like I, he is so sexy. He can beat my face any day. And I'm like, oh, what? oh, heinous, heinous. So like, you know, and this is the kind of, you know. This is the kind of stuff that you're kind of dealing with with this team breathing. It's like, you know, women who don't necessarily uh, respect themselves or women in general or, you know, this kind of thing. But this, but the fact that this Jenny Johnson, I forget, she didn't she call him like a piece of shit or something? And then like yeah. he said, when I was reading on Huffington Post, because I'd read it on Huffington Post before I actually saw it um, on Twitter, and because I think he deleted his account, right? He, he deleted today, his Twitter yeah. account. Yeah. Um, and then the way this Huffington Post described it is that he then suggested that she perform oral sex on him and defecate into her eye. <laughs> well, that's my favorite, so I don't know specifically. I don't know specifically what he said, but then she yeah, got all these that. death threats. <laughs> she was getting yeah. death threats. It's yeah, she, I, I, I knew that would happen, too, because that's, that's the... That's the kind of attitude of that that team team breezy that is, you know, the middle thought. Yeah, I think Seth Myers on uh, Weekend Update a few weeks ago said something about that neck tattoo of like the beaten woman's face on his neck. And he's like, you know, it's bad when a, a neck tattoo is the second worst thing about you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, I know. Michelle, I got to ask you a question before we continue. The the um uh, the, the the folks who are calling in. Uh, yeah. I just got a call on my regular circular cell phone from a 518 number. That's not them, is it? Uh, it might be. Is it 518 Massachusetts? No, 518 is Albany. But the thing is, it came through on my on my phone, but not on the... They they have to switch the call board number, right? The radio number? Did you give it to them? No, I thought you did. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't! No. Wait, maybe I did. Oh, wait, wait, wait. No, no, no. I think I did, actually. I think I did. Let me just I verify this. Let me just verify this. Oh, yes, I totally did. I, I gave. I totally gave it to them. Um, okay. At uh, 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 one day ago. Let's see. One day ago. Yeah, we got, we got nothing so far. Um, All right. Lori Davis but, and uh, Thomas Edwards, where are you? <laughs> yeah. Did they call uh, in and uh, then hang up because we, we were talking about Chris Brown? No, 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 because I've been monitoring the switchboard. Nobody's called in. Uh, let's see if they do in the next uh, couple minutes. Do you know how this whole Chris Brown thing has made me feel? Uh, I'm going to have to go with a certain way. Twain, never When you just don't know what you're feeling, you can't find the right word to say. Well, that's the moment you start to
So I've I've tried with Chris Brown. I've really tried. I love his music. I can't tell you how many times I've blasted Don't Wake Me Up in my ear sockets while twerking out or just on the train. I've yeah, never even times. heard that song. <laughs> yeah, three times it's still one of my favorite party joints to dance to. Uh, my thoughts uh, have been, as with most celebrities who get in trouble, uh, kind of how long are we going to judge them for something wrong that they've done, for which they've done their time. However, Breezy keeps pouring salt on the wounds, fuel to the fire by going on Twitter rampages and throwing temper tantrums at Good Morning America that leave a dressing room in shambles. Uh, why does he, he's kind of got that Mitt Romney syndrome of not knowing when to <laughs> shut up. Also, Michelle, have we talked about yeah. this? Have you noticed that nearly every famous singer with the last name Brown has beaten up his girl, at least allegedly? Uh, there's Bobby Brown, who beat up Whitney yeah. Houston. Jack Jackson Brown, who beat up Daryl Hannah. James Brown, oh, who beat up his right. ex-wife. And now there's uh, Chris Brown with Rihanna. Uh, what, what, what do you make of this and the last name? What is the correlation to um, well, brown, um, it's a good color for fall, um, goes with a lot of things, um, <laughs> maybe there's a, maybe they all have come from a, I don't know, I was going to go somewhere with some sort of like, maybe they all have like a great, 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 great grandfather who is a douche, <laughs> and then just all, <laughs> and all like. <laughs> so they all have a common <laughs> ancestor, except. That they Jackson have a common ancestor of douche canoeiness. Except that Jackson Brown spells his last name with an E at the end, so how do you explain right. that? Right, so that changes things. Unless <laughs> he's like Anne of Green Gables and wants to spell something with an E on the end. I think that's exactly what he is. You know, because remember how Anne of Green Gables should be like, it's Anne with an E. And that's Jackson Brown was like, and it's Brown with an E. Right. <laughs> I'm just saying, it know. might be a possibility. Did you read? Did you read Anne of Green Gables? No. Oh, it's my favorite book. No, but I have not read it, no. <laughs> uh, where is Lori and Tom? Are they still not here? Uh, so let's get to the bottom of this. They're still not here. Let me let me uh, see what this number was. that called my circular. Uh, okay. Where is it? Uh, hide the, 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 the keypad. I just tweeted. I just tweeted at Lori. I said, where are you? Do you have the number? Okay, good. So we got that. Um <laughs> Yeah, I I, uh, I don't know so where we, they we, are. We've but got the not. we've got the real life Carrie Bradshaw, and and Hitch. Basically, <laughs> I, it, I know Carrie Bradshaw is 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 Sex in the City, and uh-huh. Hitch is Will Smith. So what you're saying is racist. No, no, it's purely <laughs> coincidental. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> I love Thomas, Thomas and Laurie are friends of mine, and I they're fantastic um, people, and as well as they're also engaged to each other, and they met um, as being dating experts, and they're both from Massachusetts, and are certainly, you know, they're they're helping a lot of people, you know. That, that's crazy. So dating for- they they actually met by their field. They're, they're both in yeah, online dating sort of specifically. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to give false information. Like I, I've asked Lori this story uh, about the story several times, and I always feel like I get it wrong. But um, right. It, I don't know if it's like on Twitter or if they met at an event or something like that. But it was something t- with with that kind of world um, that they met and got to know each other. And I know that 
uh, either Lori or Thomas was living, you know, in Massachusetts at the time, and they were doing a long-distance thing for a while, but they're both here, and they both kind of, you know, they have their own things going on. They're both very driven entrepreneurs, and um, luckily now because of their relationship, I know that they work together as well sometimes, so that's, like, really cool and unique, and I've actually, I don't know anything about online dating. I've never tried it before, but um, Lori has certainly taught me a lot. I know a lot more about it now than I did. I didn't, there's, like, one in four relationships now started online, which is crazy. <laughs> um, have you ever had an online relationship? No. I mean, I I talk to people online, but not, like, on Match, like, on Twitter. <laughs> Wait, so you're trying to meet somebody on Twitter? No. Is it Chris Brown? <laughs> no, it is. I secretly am in love with him, and this is all an act. <laughs> but no, I, I, um, I actually, I met a really fun guy. His name's Ian. I actually tried to get him to come on uh, tonight, but and he got back to me too late. Ian uh, is a radio, uh, Ian Gleason. He uh, hosts a radio show on the Lex and Terry Network. Um, mm-hmm. and we met, we met on Twitter. We hung out like once or twice, like, a, you know, like to talk business and stuff, but because I was karaoke host and because of what I do, Twitter suggested that he follow me. And then it turns out, um, we have like people in common and stuff like that. So we became friends, but and I think that's kind of how Lori and Thomas met on Twitter. Cause that's the cool thing about Twitter is it puts you in contact with people that you might have something in common with even, you know, professionally. So very cool. Speaking and where's Lori? I don't know. Where's where's both of them? I I'm like, I feel like I don't know where they are. Look, I just tweeted. I hope that they're okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I just tweeted at them both as well. Uh, to to call, I, I tweeted them to call the number. Yeah, because so. they were they were retweeting the show. Like, I mean, earlier today, yeah. Thomas was. Yeah. So I hope that everyone's okay. I mean, if and you actually, have their number, we can. If you have their number, we can call out. I do have their number. Do you want to write it to me in the, I, in the chat room? Yeah, hold on. Can I uh, – hold on. Whoops. I have a new – I just got the new iPhone 5, so mm-hmm. I don't really know how to use it. So hold on a second. This is disaster. Uh, yeah. Speaker. And then I'm going to do a little contact. Oh, here we go. So can I send it to you via, like, Facebook chat? Yes. Your phone number? Okay. Because that's not something I should share. Nope. On on the internet. Okay. One K and that's so I weird. Have a message. Oh, this is from Jonathan Demar. It's not from you. <laughs> oh, Demar. Did you get my message? I just sent it to uh, you. Wait. I just heard something in my ear. Where where did it go? Why don't I see it on the thing? I don't know. I just sent it to you. I don't know how else to send it to you. I'm going to log into Google. Okay. Oh, there there we go. Seen at 8.55. I don't like that on Facebook now. I don't like that on Facebook now that people can tell that I've seen it. Because what if I'm trying to ignore them? If I'm ignoring them, then that doesn't work. I know. Seriously. I think I got in trouble with that recently. Somebody was like... I know that I'm in trouble with that recently. (laughs) Some rando from high school is like, hi, I always thought you were pretty or something weird. And I'm, I got that recently, and I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> and I clicked out of it because I was like, All right, I do you want to talk to you since yeah. seventh grade. 
<laughs> you want to give this a go? We're, we're going we're yeah, to give it a go here. Can you call her? Yeah, here we go. Let's see if this works. Okay. You, you do the talking. Oh, I'll, I'll do the talking. She knew it was today, right? I think so. experience when she first realized the <laughs> complex was on fire. Well, I woke up to go get me a cold pop. But then I thought somebody was barbecuing. I said, oh, Lord Jesus, it's a fire. <laughs> then I ran out. I didn't grab no shoes or nothing, Jesus. I ran for my life. And then the smoke got me. I got bronchitis. <laughs> Ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, never gets old. Never gets old. Oh, it does not. You know what? I have to say, I think you tweeted me and tweeted her in the same thing, and then I retweeted it or something, saying mm-hmm. that I had time for that. And now mm-hmm. she follows me, and it's like, you might as well have given me an, uh, a gold medal in Olympics. Well, yeah, wasn't it a, a euphoric feat? When I was followed by Sweet Brown on Twitter, uh, it, it was it was a great feeling. And now we're like Twitter BFS, and she, guess what? Uh, after she did the show... Uh, they her people said that she had such a good time that she'll come on, you know, just let just let them know when she'll come back. Shut up, really? Yep. So why does she know? Can we call her? Do you have her phone number? <laughs> I don't want to impose. I don't want to impose <laughs> right now. Um, but um, next time, next, next time, time you're next on, time. we'll get her on. We'll try to get her on next time. Yeah, that would be a mug balls. Um, so um, this is so strange that they're not here. Yeah, what do you think happened? Do you think that they were offended by our the previous interview? No. Never. Mm-hmm. They're you awesome. Think? I don't and I'm I'm looking at their Facebook and Twitter pages and they just don't seem to be they don't seem to be here. <laughs> I, that's, I hope they're okay. I really do because I know that they were uh, I know Lori's been around and whenever she has a new book coming out. It's a new book. It's her first book. It's called. Uh, I love how love you're at... doing the you're doing the interview for them. I am. I am. It's called uh, Love at First Click, and it's being uh, published by Simon and Schuster. And uh, mm-hmm. actually, I 
I took her the dual jacket photo, the author photo. I took that photograph. So that's actually like my first oh, really? big. Yeah, so it's like my first wow. photo job thing. Yeah, so, and this is the first um, online dating book that's been published in 15 years. So it's a really big deal. Um, and she's been, she had a write-up thing in Huffington Post recently, and um, she's been on Good Morning America. I know she just recently did an interview with Katie Couric, and she's kind of all over the place. And I was talking to her the other night, and I said, I said to her, um, Lori, I don't think you have any idea. Your life is about to change, you know, a lot as soon as this book comes out. She's like, I know. I can't even believe this is happening. Because so, I know she started her business, basically, I think it was like $50 in a Twitter account or something, like three years ago. And now she's Lauren Davis, eFlirt Expert. That's amazing. So, so people yeah. can go to eFlirtExpert.com and uh, check out your friend, Lori, who's who's been written up by the New York Times and the Boston Globe and NBC, yeah. Fox, you name it. Same thing with her fiance. Uh, he's gotten a lot of press as well, uh, being a professional wingman. Now, Michelle, why would anybody want to be a professional wingman? Um, I think that it's for why, – well, why why someone would want to do that. Um, I mean, I'm just saying, know, I'm like, not, wouldn't you want to be the other guy rather than the wingman? <laughs> I would think so, but I think it's because, I mean, Thomas, I don't know his story, or I don't know him as well just because I know him through Lori. Um, mm-hmm. But I know he's, like, a really charming, smart good with people kind of guy. And I think that he just has a lot of knowledge um, when it comes to dating and, and to being online. And I know that he has a lot of uh, knowledge and experience with social media. And I think that he just has a lot to offer people that maybe are struggling or maybe need some advice or some support kind of entering into like into the dating world. And I think, you know, I can certainly say that as my single Self. I mean, the thought of online dating terrifies me for so many reasons. Um, and, you know, there's people like Lori and Thomas who that's why they do what they do and they're very good at it. And, you know, mm-hmm. they have a lot of people who've gotten married because, you know, through through Lori's coaching at least. Um, and I think that they celebrated, like, there was an e-flirt baby recently. I think a couple had a baby. And so wow. she's been doing this long enough, yeah, that she's really helped a lot of people um, find happiness. Through dating online. Have you ever? I, well, I was going to say I I met my my current situation on on the World Wide Web. Oh, you did? I didn't know that. On the OKCupid. Okay oh my God, that's right. Was <laughs> um, you guys went to heroin, right? Heroin, heroin, heroin. Yeah, you were there. You, you you were there for our. You were our first date. Oh, my gosh, that's right. Oh, I totally <laughs> forgot about that. Was that the one yeah. where I wore the the red dress that I looked like a sack of potatoes? <laughs> what? I ordered, I I ordered my dress, dress from com, and it was just like, it, I went to go pick it up, and it was too big. And at uh-huh. that point, I didn't have time to go home. So I just looked like a red sack of potatoes. I was like, heinous. And there was like no, nothing. but I remember it being very kind of... Uh, uh, you had like a fifties look to you that night, no, or sixties? Maybe I might have like done my hair that way. Thanks that sounds so. about right. <laughs> and did, <it> <laughs> so I turned to you beforehand, hmm? and I was like, "This, this, this could be extremely awkward, you know, for a first date and at a concert situation. It's my friends. It's 
Um, you know, he had nothing to do with anything. Um, but luckily, after, like, the first song, he was like, this is so awesome. And uh, he really enjoyed it. And, uh, and yeah, we, it's been a couple months now. Um, that's, I mean, yeah, that's, because I remember you were nervous. Yeah. You were nervous, and you were like, oh, my God, I hope this is okay. And I remember I was, like, a couple Jamesons in. I was like, it's fine. (laughs) (laughs) I need my Jamesons before I sing. Jameson what? I need Jameson before I sing. Every time? Uh, Most times. I always say it helps me warm up my chords, but really it just helps me not be as nervous. This does not apply for all professions. It's not like you can go (laughs) drive a truck. I I do not recommend anesthesiologists to do shots of Jameson before they (laughs) perform their job. (laughs) I can't do it without my Jameson. Yeah, I can't do it without my Jameson. So how much time do we have left in the show here today? What did you say? I said, how much time do we have left uh, on the show here today? I'm going to, oh, wait a second, wait a second. We have, we have, we have, we have your guests. Why don't you go ahead and introduce them? Oh, they're here? Yeah, they're here. Amazing. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the eSport expert herself, Lori Davis, and the professional wingman, Thomas Edwards. Lori, Thomas, welcome. How are you? We were wondering if you were going to come. We we were we were waiting well, for you. We never got the number, so apologies for being late. But um, but yeah, Ryan, been just in the fail. Epic Ryan, Epic Ryan, fail. You said uh, <laughs> well. Uh, apologies for the miscommunication, um, but glad you guys can make it. Yeah, uh, so you guys are here. I'm gonna I'm gonna turn it over to Michelle now. Um, and uh, why don't you go ahead and, and start us off? Okay, well, you know, I we've talked about it a little bit already, uh, just about what it is that you guys do, and I probably uh, was not 100% accurate um, as to as to what you guys do or how you started. So, Lori, why don't you start start us off and tell us a little bit about what you do and uh, how you got started? Yeah, sure. So, I started my company, eFlirt Expert, with fifty dollars and an account. Um, I came up with the idea because. Uh, one of my friends got into a relationship, and I realized that I helped him meet his girlfriend online, and they were moving in together, which was my inspiration. But also, um, I was kind of down on my luck at the moment because I worked in marketing and lost my contracts as a contractor to clients who were invested with Bernie Madoff. Oh, so, Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so I literally just like from my bootstraps, fifty dollars and a Twitter account and some GoDaddy template website started my business and everything has really just grown from there. Now I have a staff of eight and we help we've helped thousands of people date online every day. Um we help people from everything from writing their profiles to navigating the ins and outs of flirting on Twitter to um, helping them manage it all because it can also be a lot to handle online. And um, my new book is coming out January 8th called Love at First Click, The Ultimate Guide to Online Dating. Wow. So that's like that's so much information. So this is all so amazing. What 
were what year? Like, how old were you when you started um, when you started eFlirt with your fifty dollars? Yeah, I'm, so I'm thirty now, so it was three years ago. Okay, so twenty-seven. So yeah. And what was it like to get your first dating client? I mean, because that must have been such you must have had such a rush, but probably a little like terrifying at the same time, right? Yeah, it was really scary. (laughs) Really scary because I mean, these people are putting their trust in you. Yeah, I mean, it is. It's a lot to handle because it's someone's love life in your hands, you know. And it was even more stressful because I got my first client through Craigslist, (laughs) so that was a lot. You did? Did you put an ad on Craigslist just saying, "Hey, this is me." That's so crazy. Yeah, I didn't know like, we'll write your profile for you. <laughs> um, so that's how I got my first client. And I also had interns, like, run around the city and get put flyers in coffee shops and postcards in the subway and things like that, like real true guerrilla marketing. Really? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So what um, – that first person, did they have success? Or is that someone that you talk about in your book or – or did it wind up being some crazy Craigslist serial killer? <laughs> <laughs> no Craigslist serial killers. We help you avoid those big crazy things. Um, no catfish either. <laughs> but, oh, yeah, I mean, catfish. We, I noticed you've been live-tweeting the catfish. I have. I've been live-tweeting during it. I mean, I think it's a really important thing for online daters to know about, you know, that this mm-hmm. exists. Um, but at the same time, that this isn't the norm. It's just but it does yeah. still happen, so it's important to educate yourself about it. Um, but yeah, we have uh, nine marriages and two wow. babies who have resulted from those marriages, um, and so so many relationships, and even multiple people who have been in a relationship with our help, and then you know broke up and went through whatever they went through, decided to go back online, and then um, came back to us for help the second time around, too. That's amazing. Oh. And, and is Thomas here? Where's Thomas? I am here. How are you? Oh, hi. <laughs> Sorry, I was having a little hard time uh, hearing you. Do you want to tell us a little bit about um, how you got started as a professional wingman and maybe how you met Lori and how this is all, maybe how you work together now? Hello? Um, Lori? Where'd you go? I don't know. Um, uh, Can you hear me? I'm still here. Uh, I think so. Yeah, oh, wait yes, a yes, hello, hello. Uh, I'm wondering if Thomas hi. is calling yeah, hi, from the 617. Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? Hey, hey there you are. Oh, perfect. Um, yeah, so this company's called The Professional Wingman, and how it started actually came from a breakup. Uh, a girlfriend of mine who I actually was going to propose to cheated on me a week after I got her parents' blessing to go ahead and propose. Oh, so that's <laughs> terrible. No. Yeah, it, it was it was it was the worst. There's there's a lot of crying that, that happened um on that day. And did she cheat with after. a friend of yours or something? Did she cheat with somebody you knew? No, no, actually um it was actually at another school that she was taking a class in and literally the week she met him they like quote unquote studied together and then that was that. At least she told me. Yeah. You know, at least she told me and she told me the truth, you know. Um, so anyways, needless to say, that did not work out. Uh, but I was <laughs> left in a, a state of crisis. And I tried to do all these different things to change my life, and none of it worked. And so 
I eventually looked internally for some inspiration, and I came across a book uh, called Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey. And sure, heard of it, heard of it. Yeah, it's a really good book. If you haven't read it, uh, please do. Definitely my, one of my all-time greats, and it really just it changed my life. Um, but to kind of fast forward along uh, in terms of how I got into this, when I actually moved back to Boston, I didn't have many friends to hang out with um, because I was actually working a night job. So I decided to start a blog as a way of holding myself accountable to building a social life that I thought I wanted. And that blog chronicled everything from going out for 30 straight nights to dating someone who was 19 years older than me. I was, I was 23 at the time. She was 42. And I blogged Whoa. about the whole experience. Yeah, yeah, that was, it, was, it was crazy. Um, and people just started to respond uh, very well to it and then looked to me for advice and questions. And, I mean, at the time I was thinking to myself, you know, I'm no expert, but I can definitely help you at least set some light in a different perspective of what you could be doing. And every time I gave advice, it just worked. And so one night I'm at a bar in Austin, Texas, and a buddy of mine sees this gorgeous woman and asks me literally to be his wingman and to help him score a date. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, this is not like something that I do regularly, you know, at least least treat me to a drink for my efforts. And he said if he was able to get a date with her, he would pay for all my drinks that entire weekend. So, surely enough, I made it happen, and I had open bar for three days. And I was thinking to myself, (laughs) what if I can actually get paid money and, you know, actually just teach guys how to do it themselves as opposed to just facilitating introductions? So I figured – Anyone can be a wingman, but very few can be a pro. And so that's where the brand came to be. Um, so since then, uh, we've aggressively been expanding and worked with tons of people. We've worked with over 400 clients from all over the world. Um, all yeah, over the actually, world, really? Yeah, yeah, so it's kind of weird how that happens. You know, like one, you know, one day you're thinking, I'll just help people in Boston. And the next thing you know, you work with guys you know, in Australia or in Africa, or you have someone write in from China saying, oh, my God, I came across your blog. It's awesome. <laughs> um, so it's, it's, it's pretty really awesome. Yeah, and same here, actually. We've had clients in seven countries. And he's so right. Like, you start off thinking that it's just going to be this one simple thing, and it ends up being much bigger and helping love happen around the world, much more than you ever anticipated. It's really kind of exciting. <laughs> And I, that's, a, I mean, that's incredible. It's funny how the Internet, and especially social media, is being what it is now. I mean, I even Twitter, I think, even in like the last years, has like made the world a lot smaller place and, is, you know, makes us able to communicate with each other so that much easier and for the yeah. words to get out. You know, I know Lori and Thomas both are, like, huge tweeters, so I'm always calling it. Uh, well, that's how we met. <laughs> I know. We met on Twitter. Twitter. Question, like, how, tell us a little bit um, about how you met. Well, I'll, I'll let Lori uh, tell the story because she's always so much better than I am. I like to keep it to the <laughs> basics, but she loves the details, so I'll let her go ahead. Yeah, yeah we, we want to hear all about it. <laughs> all right, so we, like I said, I started my business with pretty much just a Twitter account, and um, I was follow, looking for other people to follow, people that were single people that were using the hashtag dating, other dating experts, other dating sites, just trying to, like, get a feel for this space. And I came across Thomas, and I thought his avatar was so cute. (laughs) And I also just really thought everything he was saying was so insightful and so not 
pickup artist or anything like that, but really was just very honest and true and it's genuine. Very probably. You can probably tell right away. Yeah, exactly. Like I knew there was something with this guy. So I tweet, I retweeted something he said. We chatted back and forth a little bit via ad, which is in public. And then the conversation kind of died down, and I knew that this one was not getting away, that it, that it was not going to end there. So Just just, just, for, just for the notes, uh, I was completely oblivious to what was going on. So after a conversation died out, I was kind of like, oh, okay, let me just continue on with my life. So I totally just, like, wrote it off as, oh, we're just, like, connecting on Twitter. Yeah, right. doesn't even really remember those tweets that we had in the beginning. <laughs> nope, I, I will gladly admit that. Um, do not, I do not even remember like the first retweet and like all the stuff like that. But it gets better. <laughs> Meanwhile, I remember. Like, boys never remember those early details, anyways. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think I think even less so when you're dealing with a virtual world and when you're dealing with uh, social media, like. Facebook or Twitter because it's just that much more easy for you to think of it as like friendship and your part of your social life rather than something that might turn into someone or your person. Right. <laughs> and let's be real. I mean, although we're talking over Twitter, we're like you know replying to each other. This person is a complete stranger. I know nothing about this person except for what she's saying. So, <laughs> uh, you know, it's, I mean, it is what it is. What it is. But uh, she was she was a little cutie. I just didn't really think much of it. I don't know. I don't think that's true, though. You can creep a lot on someone on social media and learn a lot about them. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> Absolutely. Anyway, so, so what was what was the next thing that happened? So the next thing is I DM'd him. Um, he was living in Boston and I was in New York, and now we both live here. But at the time, we were in two different cities. So um, when I was going back to Massachusetts to visit my family, I DM'd him and told him I was coming back in town and asked if we sh- if we could grab a drink. And he was going to New York at the time, so we were kind of ships passing in the night. And he came back a day early to meet me. And from there, once we met offline, he kind of took the reins with everything. We're very true to our brands. I he flirted, and he <laughs> he totally was his own wingman with me. Um, but yeah, and then everything's kind of history from there. We've been together for over three years, and we got engaged about a year ago. Congratulations. That's amazing. And, of course, I I knew that, but maybe Ryan didn't. But I'm, And I love the ring. I love the ring. Um, Thomas, did you, did you pick it out or design it or – I forget. It's a very unique <laughs> ring, which I'm like so obsessed with. So I can't really go far into details, only because I actually haven't told Lori how I actually oh, procured right. the ring, and I promised right. I would tell her the night of our um, our wedding. So, so I can say that there is a story, and there is another ring like that. As much I can actually say as, as wow. regards to the ring. <laughs> After you guys get married, will you come back on and tell the story? Absolutely. Absolutely. I can't wait to tell everyone because I'm, like, waiting with bated breath for over a year. Here's a damn story. It's a, it's, a, it's a story worth for sharing, especially with, like, the kind of stuff that we've had to go through with the ring itself. It's just a, a good kind of conclusion to to the whole thing. Now, was there a special kind of proposal that – was there anything, uh, like, cyber-related about your proposal, or was it pretty traditional? You know, honestly, I, I kept it old school, man. I, uh, 
I really didn't want to incorporate any type of technology um, and kind of stay true to, to who I personally am um, as, you know, mm-hmm. a person who likes to engage people in person. And, uh, but I also at the same time, I couldn't think to myself, you know, I can't just do like, I can't just walk up and be like, marry me. You know what I mean? Like as, as you know, <laughs> you know founder of the professional wingman, I have to have a little bit yeah. of flair. So um, I was a little creative with it. Uh, I know Lori loves telling this story. So once again, I will <laughs> let her share the details. Well, actually, throughout our relationship, index cards have been a big thing, which I know sounds pretty bizarre. But we, um, in, we've we always leave little messages for each other on index cards, like near our bedside or whatever. And so when Thomas proposed, it was on Christmas Eve, and we were having, like, this amazing family dinner. And he brought me outside, and he said that he loved how my family had this, like, very specific gift-giving tradition and that he thought he'd start one of our own as well. So he handed me this stack of envelopes, which had index cards inside. And they said – and so we went to the movies the day before, and I love cocktail rings. And one of my rings at a scary part when I went (gasps) to bring my mouth – my hand to my mouth, one of my rings flew off, and we tried to find it, but we couldn't. So the card said, to replace what was lost yesterday, and for all the ones you've lost before, and all the ones in the future, and I hope yours will be with mine. And please, for the love of God, do not lose this one. But then he gives me this box that's like wrapped and I'm like, oh, if you were proposing he'd be down on one knee by now like maybe it's earrings or something. But when I unwrapped it, it was a ring and I looked at him and I said what? (laughs) And then he got down on one knee and did the whole thing. But you know, though he said I know, it was was the best. And actually the best part was being able to go back in and celebrate with my whole family of like fifty people that were there too. It was just, it was really sweet of him to think of. Were you so surprised? Them. Did you see it coming? I had at all? no idea. Like I, we had talked about it many times, and we always talked about it being a year away, a year away, a year away. So I really had no idea. And we even went to look at rings on Thanksgiving, and. I just, and he was like, don't get too excited. I just want to get a feel for the face. It's still like, the date hasn't changed. It's still probably going to be about a year. And then a month later, he's down on one knee. Well, yeah, and, and part of the reason why I, I have Lori share the details, because honestly, I don't remember what went down. I was so, I was to be honest, I was, I was very nervous. And when I got down oh, on one knee, so it was it was honestly the longest 45 seconds of my life. Like, I don't even remember her saying yes, like, all I remember is going down one knee. I see like her starting to cry, and I kind of see this like big aura of a sky, and then words are just kind of kind of coming out of my mouth, right? And then I can imagine. I asked, I asked, I mean, it must be so much so terrifying. Yeah. I mean, and then like I, asked, I mean, I asked, so you I gotta America, to say yes, but still. Right? And and then like I didn't actually. Hear, I was so nervous. I didn't even hear her say yes, right? So I'm still on one knee, trying like waiting to like get some type of sign that she said yes, and then finally she kind of just like. <laughs> gestures me to get up. <laughs> so I just get up. And um, the funniest part, actually, was, so we go back into the, the house, and she's, like, screaming and telling everyone we got married. And she's trying to, like, tell her mom, and she's and Lori is crying, just, like, sobbing. I'm <laughs> and, a pretty emo kind of girl, so I'm, like, hysterical. <laughs> and she's trying, to, she's trying to tell her mother what happened, and her mother leans in, and she goes, 
did she say yes? <laughs> uh, I, I, I hope so, or else I'll be an amazing parting gift. <laughs> but, you know, though we met online and Thomas did propose in a very nice in-person way, which I would expect nothing less from him for, um, we did coordinate our social media efforts thereafter. We wanted to make sure, I mean, you know, the biggest part of online dating or anything online, your social life online, is taking everything offline. I mean, offline is where it's at. Online just gives you another dimension that you never had before and a new way to meet people, a new way to develop relationships with people. But really, like, the relationships happen offline. And one thing that we did is that we made sure that we told everyone that was important to us, our family, our close friends, everyone that we were really close Mm -hmm. with, we told in person when possible and or over the phone. And we spent about two weeks doing that. And then we coordinated our social media efforts and we had like a go live day <laughs> when we were allowed to um, post on social media. And we actually both wrote blog posts about the engagement from our perspective. Um, and we, we, it was very like everything on social media was really, really all the congratulations and everything was so overwhelming because yeah. you know, there are a lot of people who we've had relationships with on social media, both of us the same person for years for our entire relationship really so um so they've you know been seeing every little tweet happen right before their eyes which i think is in some ways almost as compelling as you know seeing it happen in person yeah absolutely wow. and i think that you know i'm sure the up, the outpouring of love and support and congratulations i mean certainly come from people who know about you and know about thomas and know that you're both lovely people, and at the end of the day, you know, aside from having a business, I'm sure you've really changed people's lives, and I think that that's really amazing. And, you know, that's dating's a scary thing. So if you have a person there who can kind of walk you through it and is going through it themselves and, you know, you see their success and and in their personal lives, I think that that's very special. So that's just, you know, my two cents yeah, about that. And but I, Lorian. you know, and what? Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, you go. No, sorry. There's like a two-second delay, so we're like, bleh, 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 bleh. Um, <laughs> what? I know that, like, you know, Lori is always getting texts from me at like random times of the day, being like, mm-hmm. I need some advice about something, blah blah blah, and um, she gave me a questionnaire, like it was like a 20 question thing, um, because she's gonna, she was gonna, well, she is gonna help me, uh maybe online date at some point. It took me like six months to fill out the 20-question survey thing. So maybe in the next six months we'll go to the next step. But but I have to say, like, Lori and Thomas's story I think is amazing and lovely, and they're both great people. And I think that if anybody is even thinking about online dating or anything like that, you know, no matter where you are, I think that you should definitely – look up Lori and Thomas online, on Twitter, on Facebook, and see what they're doing because I think it's very special and unique. Especially you, Ryan, online dater. Have you, uh, Thomas, when you um, do your service as a professional wingman, do you actually uh, meet these guys in person? Yeah, so if they're local, um, you know, we have Mm full-time presence in Boston, New York, and D.C., and soon, hopefully, to be in San Francisco. Um, when we're when we're there, we actually meet with our clients because the reality is 
they want to meet someone in person, ideally. You know, I mean, obviously, yeah. if they can meet someone online, that's great, too. But eventually, they have to meet that person in person as well. So uh, it's really important for us to get to know the person, understand what they want, how they act in various social environments, and what their sticking points are so we can actually then see it play out in the real world and be able to give them that real-time feedback. You know, if a guy it doesn't even know that, you know, he, he, he jingles, the, you know, jingles the change in his pockets when he's talking to women, and women kind of see that as him doing something else, you know, and he doesn't even realize, you know, it's important for, you know, someone to be there and tell him, dude, you got to get the hand out of the pocket. It doesn't look like you're jingling your change. <laughs> you know? So do you actually go to the clubs and bars with these guys? Yeah, so, you know, our... So our I've run into Thomas. I've run into Thomas with people before. Yeah, really? yeah, this is, actually, this is actually true. So I actually don't... So, my clientele actually they don't like clubs. They think it's too loud. It's not it's not a, a true, um, I guess overall image of the kind of people they would like to meet and where they'd like to meet them. So at best we go to bars, um, maybe a lounge that's a little bit more casual. That's about it. But the idea is they want to, and the reason why we take them out to these kind of environments is because the social pressure is very high, right? There's a lot yeah. of distractions. There are a lot of women looking to meet people but specific people, and if you're not one of them, you're just not going to be able to, to cut it. So what um, we do is we put them in those environments, and we constantly test them and drill them and push them. So that way, when they walk out the street, you know, walk down the street into a Starbucks and they see someone they want to talk to, that kind of environment doesn't seem as intimidating, and they're more likely to be able to want to approach them and actually try to make something happen. So it's more like practice rounds when you, when you go out, and then... Yeah, I mean, great in the art. Yeah, granted, like our clients definitely do uh, are able to get dates from people they meet at the bars um, and at the at these lounges. But most mm-hmm. of our clients, they find their significant other, you know, on the platform waiting for the subway or at a Starbucks right. or, mm-hmm. um, you know, at a department store or at Whole Foods. You know, there's, there's just the ability to increase your awareness and, and see these opportunities and be able to take advantage of them. Um, that's that's the thing that the guys lack, and it really really comes down to is just confidence. You know, being, a, being confident in yeah. yourself and knowing that as a quality person, you can actually attract and attain the kind of things that you want in life, including the, the women or guys that you're into. Yeah. Well, now, you know, Thomas, Thomas, do you and Lori ever team up together and maybe help a client <laughs> or two clients at the same time? Do you ever, you know, kind of, you know, cross over and do yeah, that together? Yeah, absolutely. Now, what kind yeah, of instance yeah. would, that, would that be like? Lori, you want to... Yeah, well, in the past, I mean, I think it's really powerful when you work with both of us because the truth about your dating life today is that it does happen online and off, whether you realize it or not, whether you're, you know, texting with people and how that plays into your dynamic or whether you're on an online dating site. And, of course, everything eventually has to get offline. So it really happens in both places. And um, sometimes we work with clients separately, but we do share their experiences and they share their experiences with the other person with us so that we can kind of learn from what they're doing with the other person and how we can continually enhance each other and the services that we're giving. Um, But also sometimes we create unique experiences for people too, like um, one of our clients. We actually went, we did a whole experience with him from first profile from reading a profile all the way to the date. And so 
I looked at his profile. I gave him, I sent him like my mock profile. I did a phone call with him. I went on a date with him while Thomas sat at the table next door and eavesdropped in our conversation and took notes. And then we went out after and we kind of gave him notes on the total experience and what it was like for me as a woman and as an expert, but also for Thomas as someone who's watching things like his body language, the phrasing he's using when he's on the phone, things like that. So it was a pretty unique experience. So some, sometimes they're um, programs that we create like that, or sometimes it's truly just someone who uses Thomas' services and uses mine and combines them together to be really powerful. Wow. that's. I mean, it, 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 I can imagine they probably feel like a little nervous. I would be so nervous, like, with someone who I would feel to watch. Do you ever, I mean, how long well, do you think it to kind of This guy get, apparently wasn't very nervous because he showed up, like, 45 minutes late to our date. <laughs> <laughs> he was, I mean, he was not on his game, I will say. That is, like, the least thing I could say about that entire experience. It was as if he didn't even care. As if because he was paying us, he, like, just didn't care about any of it. But that reflects on his date, and we have to critique the date that he gives, you know? Right. Um, and, uh, so, so yeah. Just, like, for starters. <laughs> I mean, I it mean, was the yeah. opposite of what I think. It was not good. And But then what <laughs> we did after is we were able to break things down into what worked for him and what didn't work and then work with him individually on the things like the messages that were failing online. And I was able to break that down for him and teach him what went wrong and do some exercises with him to find out what worked. And then on Thomas's end, he did some things offline, too, where he, like, recreated a bar scenario and as if he was on a first date and, you know, try to give him tips on what he could improve as well. So it's interesting because it wasn't just the experience, but then it was the follow-up after that was really important to his dating life, too. And he's actually in a awesome relationship. Yeah, yeah. He's got the one-two punch combo uh, there. So... Uh, we're going to uh, wrap it up. I just wanted to say uh, that, you know, Michelle and I, we're lucky if we get written up uh, maybe a drunken night, we get written up in Perez Hilton or something. You guys have been written up in the collectively New York Times, the Boston Globe, CNN, uh, NBC, you name it, Wall Street Journal. Um, very impressive, impressive resume. Uh, so check her out, uh, eFlirtExpert.com, Lori Davis and Thomas Edwards. Check them out at TheProfessionalWingman.com. Uh, thank you guys so much for doing it. Well, thanks for having us. Yes, you guys will so have to fun. come back on uh, when after Lori, after your book is uh, comes out in stores. We'll definitely have to have you back on the Blade and Riot so you can talk more about that. Cool, And so you great. can talk about the ring. Yeah, and yes, the ring. I can't wait to talk about the ring. I can't wait to know more about the ring. <laughs> the <epic laughs> ring story. <laughs> All right, you guys. Thank you thanks so much. Have a good night. Uh, you too, guys. Thank you again. Thanks, guys. Have a good night. Bye. Bye. Uh, all right, Michelle Kinney. Uh, so uh, I think that this was a very fun time tonight. Thank you for putting that together. Um, and uh, anything you want to promote? <laughs> um, anything I want to promote? Not really. I'd like to just promote anyone who'd like to hire me to do anything. I will take money. <laughs> well, not anything. No, not anything. Just kidding. Well, no, I think I'm going to have some gigs coming up in the beginning of 2013. 
uh, if you can even Where? believe that it's going to be 2013. I don't know. I haven't booked yet, but I'm actually in the process of uh, getting some musicians together. I'm going to be doing my first solo gig um, sometime oh. in the first couple months of next year. So I've got that going on. And, uh, of course, as always, I've got Michelle Kinney Photography. Uh, and if you'd like to book any engagement uh, sessions, weddings, I do now. I just got back from Puerto Rico recently and did a wedding there, too. So I'm here for you yeah. if you'd like yeah. some pictures. Yeah. And that is Michelle Kinney Photography dot com. What's the what's the deal there? Yeah, Michelle Kinney Photography dot com, and also you can find me on Facebook, Michelle Kinney Photography. And then uh, you you go on Facebook. Yeah, I've got I've got the Facebook photography uh, page as well. No, I mean in general. Like I didn't know you went on Facebook at all. Oh, shut up. Ryan's being <laughs> funny because I post nine thousand times today, but you know what? I have things to say. And otherwise, you'd be talking to your cat. I would. I live alone, and I'm an entrepreneur. I have no one to talk to. So sad. <laughs> the lowly entrepreneur with the feline. All right, so I'm I can think of... single no. woman living in Manhattan with a cat. <laughs> um, I can think of no better way of ending the show than by saying, if it ain't showbiz, it ain't a biz. Hit the brakes, Florence. And if you have a Barbie doll, bend her backwards. Uh, cut off her hair, burn her knuckles on the stove, and leave her in some drawers. Good night, everybody. Good night, Michelle. Good night. Bye.